In the words of Patrick Liney, it's good to be back, bros. And what a week it's been, week one. Just to give you a little taster of some of the things I've been through in my geeky stat book, how many shutouts there have been, how many shootouts there have been, how many games went to overtime, how many games with tempest goals, how many suspensions and how many milestones. Some big juicy things for us to get into. And of course, that situation with Evander Kane. Uh, and we've also got a rant this week that is uh, something to do with pre-game fashion. So uh, buckle up, um, suit up, whatever the phrase is, and let's get uh, the next episode of NHL Fans From Afar out the way. Welcome uh, to the podcast. Uh, we are a bunch of British people who happen to really like this crazy game called hockey that's played in the middle of our nights, uh, where mostly Canadian bearded men with very little teeth like to uh, do some dancing on tiny pieces of metal on ice. Um, and somehow we've all connected uh, as lonesome bedroom hockey fans to unite to form this podcast. Uh, I'm Claire. I am, for all my sins, a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Um, and also today, we have Matt Day, the Dallas fan. How are you doing, Matt? Yeah, not too bad, you know. Just all right. Strugg- struggling watching Dallas so far this season. It's been a bit <laughs> boring compared to all the other games that I've watched. So, uh, yeah, hoping hoping we get going soon. Oh, well, come on. Look, I mean, you had so many games at the end of last season. You know, they're all nicely spaced out now. Yeah, the problem is they've con- continued playing how they did last season. So it's, uh, yeah, not 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 great. But, hey, it's early, early doors. Only like uh... 80 games still to go. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a long season, and it definitely is this season. Um, a man who uh, supports Avalanches who've been missing one of their key players, Nathan McKinnon, who's hopefully back on the ice tonight. Fingers crossed. Craig Jones is here too. Craig, what's what's it been like for the start of the Abs? I've not even looked over your scores. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's been strange. Um, played numerous players down on Saturday and were beat comprehensively. Won really well at the start of the season. Um, I probably like Matt. I've more enjoyed the games not involving Colorado so far this season. Um, but Nathan McKinnon is back tonight, Tuesday. So there's something to look forward to. Mm, yeah. And in Toronto, the usual situation happens where we're already <clears throat> in trouble with our goalies. Um, great. Very long season. Uh, so Jolon is off. He's um, he's watching some football team tonight called Derby. I, I hear that they're proper rubbish, that Derby team. <laughs> um, so we need to sort his priorities out. He'll be back next time. Um, but we, uh, we've we devised uh, this podcast into three periods for you with a bit of overtime. Um, I'm going to apologise now that I have a very sore throat <coughs> and that is proof of it. Uh, that I actually have COVID right now. So if you don't hear from me for a while, it's because I'm muted and I'm coughing and Craig and Matt will take though, over. <laughs> doing, doing this with COVID, I mean, come on. But the, the thing is, to the course. when you're ill, the, bo- the bonus of being ill is you get to watch loads of hockey. And, you know, the first period that, that we're, we're picking apart here is a recap of week one. You know, it's been um, a season that we have all looked forward to. It's a normal season. The fact that we get to play teams other than people in Canada. I'm so happy that we played New York Rangers, which was an amazing game for the Leafs last night. But I mean, this recap, you know, I kind of gave a bit of a teaser. I mean, just to kind of sum up here, we had three shootouts. Eight of the games went to overtime. You know, three of the games had 10 plus goals. There were three suspensions. I mean, OK, one wasn't necessarily on the ice. Um, and then Ovechkin finally got his milestone uh, to sit in fifth most goals in NHL history, which he'd kind of been teetering on for a while. He's now at 733 goals. I mean, guys, reaction really to like an opening week um, full of drama, loads of excitement. 
I, I just can't quite believe it. Well, there's been some amazing games. Um, the one that stood out for me was Detroit versus Tampa, 7 6. Oh my God, they were robbed. <laughs> Detroit were the, robbed. The Red Wings, yeah, they, they blew two three goal leads and probably would have beaten any other team on that night if it wasn't the Lightning um, and ended up losing in overtime. That was incredible. Uh, Batuzzi with four four goals. The first one was amazing. Um, toe drag between Sergachev and um, Victor Hedman and then goes top shelf on Vasilevsky. So, yeah, pretty pretty good. Check that one out. Um, and then, yeah, the other thing that kind of stood, stood out for me this week was exactly as predicted, Arizona are terrible. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <laughs> they conceded eight against Columbus, who aren't particularly great. And then they lost to the Sabres in overtime uh, before conceding seven to the Blues, who are a good team. So I'll give them that. But yes, they, they haven't started too too well. Well, you so. say that's interesting because obviously one of the things that we look out for is we, we like to look out for games that are UK-friendly times. And... Um, we had a bit of a um, a private banter chat, didn't we, guys, between us about, oh, look what the 6pm uh, game is this weekend. It's the Sabres and the Coyotes. Brilliant. <laughs> and it wasn't on blackout. So, you know, anyone who's got the NHL TV login could watch it. Actually, I thought for all credit, it was it was quite an interesting game. It wasn't the bore that I thought it was going to be. Did you watch a bit of it, Greg? I I think the uh, first week of the NHL season summed up by the fact that I sat and watched the entire game because on yeah. any other week of the season, <clears throat> that that's a game that I completely miss. Yeah, six, six o'clock or not, I don't. I, I'm just skipping over that one. I'll put songs of praise on or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the level we're talking at. Um, it it was a good game because both teams are equally as bad, uh, but have both got really good net minding, which kept it low scoring. Uh, Half entertaining. Um, it's not the best game I've watched, but it, it was definitely serviceable. Um, but but yeah, next week, week after week after, I'm not touching Arizona or Buffalo for, for a long time. No. I mean, I, I kind of had a look, actually, um, the next couple of weekends. Um, this weekend, there's three um, 6 p.m. games at the weekend. And actually, Halloween, four of its five games are at UK-friendly times. So uh, FYI that, because, I mean, last time we did the podcast, there wasn't a UK TV deal in place. There is now with Premier Sports, but they won't obviously put all four of those games on TV. So um, if you don't have a Premier Sports subscription, but you do have NHL, then you may be able to get an alternative. Um, but I mean, that, that that's pretty good. I mean, I, I'm kind of happy with that. 6pm, that's okay. I don't do much else at 6pm on a Sunday, if I'm honest. You need to hurry up with a trick-or-treating on, on Halloween to get back to the game. So. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, around. kids. Come on, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> who's, who said anything about kids? Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> so, um, I mean, uh, some of the, uh, the the other kind of interesting things that I thought that were just kind of off ice. Um, Brady Kachuk obviously signed a deal with Ottawa um, since we last met. And he, he wasn't quite ready, was he, uh, paperwork wise to uh, play um, in a game. I can't remember who, who Ottawa were playing. Was it the opener? Um, but he drove the Jumbotron. He drove the Zamboni in between the periods. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. And another game, Cam Atkinson's grandma rode the Zamboni in between periods of a Flyers game. I was like, dude, I want to ride on the Zamboni. Like, you know? It must that. be every kid's dream in Canada to ride the Zamboni at like a, a professional game. So, uh, yeah. What do you think? Um, I mean, Jolon kind of wanted us to point out uh, Jack Hughes. Um, his his overtime goal uh, in the Devils um, versus Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, in their second game, that guy, the electricity. I mean, that's the thing that that we've all kind of. I've enjoyed watching the excitement on the fans. It's different in a way that I think you know we've kind of got used to like football over here now having fans, but it is like next level, like the hunger of the fans that are there. And just the way that when he scored that goal, you know, he, he went and signed the camera, you know, he threw the stick over to the crowd immediately. I mean, 
that's what like this high level entertainment, this energy, this momentum that really attracts me to this sport. I, I you know, and also it was a really proper deaky kind of goal as well. He had all the time in the world, didn't he? And he was like, shall I? Shall I? Okay, I will. You know what I mean? He's, he's definitely starting to live up to, you know, the hype of of being such a high draft pick. And I think he he gets you off your seat. If you're a if you're a New Jersey fan, you know, there's gonna be times in every match where he's gonna get you off your seat and you're gonna get excited and, and that was yeah, you want him out there in overtime because he can do things like that. Um Yeah. I mean, the uh, a couple of the teams that kind of jumped out just because I guess Canada, because I'm I'm mostly kind of following Canadian teams because um, you know Sportsnet and people like that who I follow on my Twitter. Um, you know, Ed, in Edmonton, I named the title of this episode after the line that Leon Drysidel said about Connor McDavid's one timer. He's fluffing real good out there, which I thought was just a classic line, just a little bit of personality um, in that interview. But, you know, Montreal as well. It was really interesting that, the, of course, one of the opening games for Toronto was to meet Montreal again. We'd already played them in preseason, but, you know, that doesn't really count, does it? I, I cannot believe what a different team Montreal have on the ice right now compared to what they were in the playoffs the amount of guys that are injured ill have been transferred it is not the same team so I think many of us were like oh come on Toronto need to win this because we just gotta clear the air but it's not the same team and you know we're hearing about Mark Bergevin as well Um, I was listening to an interview today about how Elliot Friedman was saying how it is the hardest club to be GM at in the league because you have to speak both languages. And of course, being in the Canadian hockey market, especially in Toronto or Montreal in one of the big six, I guess, really, there's so much pressure on you to perform. Um, I was just shocked. They kind of put like the out and the in for Montreal. And I thought, geez, are these guys even going to make the playoffs this season? And they've just thrown $8 million, $8 million a year at a player who's only played 120, 130 NHL games. Yeah, may or may not work out. It's, it's a it's a gamble to take. Um, I think they're going to miss that uh, uh, Philip Deneau, the second line set. I love, I really, yep. really rate him, and I think he's a he's a very good compliment for Nick Suzuki because of the style of play there is. You can throw him out against anyone. Um, I think they're going to miss him big time, and I don't think they'll get as much from Suzuki because he's not got the freedom to play against a second line or a third line anymore. Yeah, I th- I think they're really struggling to kind of understand what what their team kind of looks like going forward I think at the moment um, the Suzuki contract is a risk um, but I think I think he may come good but yeah I mean losing Cockney and Amy as well um, people like um, Corey Perry not being there you know, losing that leadership and, and Dano going as well um, and I don't think Webber's there this year so it's 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 definitely a different team from, from the uh, Stanley Cup final well, the rumour is, is that Shea Weber might never play again. I mean, I was really shocked yeah. when I heard that, actually. Um, and the other stat that flashed up, actually, um, when I was watching one of the Canadians' games, um, it said that the Canadians hadn't lost the first three games of a season since 1995 and six. I was against Rangers on Saturday. I was like, flipping heck. That's a long time. That's a good streak, isn't it? That's a flipping long time. Um, I mean, because most people kind of what happens in the first week can be anyone's guess, can't it? Because it depends how long your training camp's been and who knows at the moment um, what what people's training camps have been like. A lot of the guys haven't played since May. Some of them, gosh, a lot blooming longer than May, isn't it? It's been such a long time. I mean, I couldn't believe it when... Um, you know, Austin Matthews back on the ice and nearly got the overtime win um, with Rangers last night, but didn't quite. And he'd missed the first three games. And when they said, gosh, he hasn't played since May, I was like, has it been that long? Has it been that, that was, long? That was some overtime period, though, that was. Yes. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah. I'm it was, glad you it did. was worth the admission <laughs> yeah. fee. If you paid for that, if you went to that game, you uh, you definitely got entertained. Well, talking about like entertainment and excitement, um, 
<laughs> one of the things that 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 cracked me up you know like sometimes when you hit play on a game and you're kind of like just adjusting yourself in the seat you're putting your feet up you know you're putting the remote somewhere that's easily accessible maybe you're reaching into the bot like the bowl of popcorn to get your first mouthful and uh take your slippers off and put your feet up on the on the poof in front of you now that probably takes longer than 17 seconds well unfortunately if you were a new jersey devils fan you would have missed the first goal because it was the fastest goal in devils history uh dougie uh hamilton scored in 17 seconds into the game against chicago you're like what did i just miss something i mean that's hilarious isn't it god you have much more of a complicated game routine than I do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Why? What's your what's your pre-game setup routine then? I mean, have you got a place that you watch the game? Because it's different for us. I mostly end up watching on my laptop and not on a telly. So you know, like Sunday mornings, I've got a clear routine for hockey night in Canada. I'm in bed. Like I maybe go do my workout first. I get back into bed. I've got my breakfast with me. I've got my coffee with me. I've got my notepad and notes if I need to jot down any interesting stats ready for the podcast. Like, I am set. And that is me sorted for three hours. Don't go bothering me. Matt, don't come and interrupt me. I am, like, sitting down and it's hockey time, you know? Like, so what's your routine? You haven't got one. Really have he hasn't one. got one. <laughs> sit on the sofa and watch the game, you know, sit back and relax and enjoy it. Um Oh yeah, don't worry God. too much about routines. <laughs> Depending on the time, get a beer. Um, otherwise, it's probably a cup of tea in the morning. Wow. What about you, Craig? <laughs> Craig, yeah. have you got a better one? Uh, uh, no, not really. No, a good, a good chunk of my viewing's done in the morning. Um, so I, my routine involves getting the kids out of the house um, and then making a drink and, and sitting down and watching the game. But <laughs> there's no specific seats. Uh, there's, there's no popcorn. And I can tell you something as well. There is definitely no workout. <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm with you there craig yeah no but i feel like some of the games can be like three or four hours for me to sit and not move for three or four hours is a long time right so i'm like i need to do some working out first because if i just get up and watch the games i won't have moved and it'll be like 1 p.m so um yeah uh anyway uh should we move on to the second period after that highly exciting uh, inside information into Matt and Craig's life and my life. Um, second period. Okay. Oof. So uh, Evander Kane faked a vaccination card. He was suspended 21 games. You know, the question is, what is his future with the San Jose Sharks? Even before this, what was his future? And I suppose also this kind of, this banner of, COVID anyway, uh, you know, we're going to have a look at a wider look at the impact of unvaccinated players um, and whether positive tests are already having an impact on the league, COVID protocol, how many players are in COVID protocol. It's like a mythical question, a unicorn that nobody knows, only Gary Bettman, because we have tried to find out and cannot find out. But more to the point, I think the talking point really here is about Evander Kane. Um, And just how shocking this guy is. I mean, so he lied, he faked this card um, at training camp and then it's only just come out now that he's been suspended. I mean, like, can you imagine what the guys in the locker room and their families must be thinking? Like, why would you do that? Like, what the hell? Um, but, it, yeah. I don't, I don't even know where to start with him. How do we even begin to unpack Evander Kane without this being defamatory, you know, because there's lots of allegations of other things surrounding him, which well, this is not the podcast to get into. But, I mean, God, like, if you're a San Jose Sharks fan, do you actually even want this guy playing on your team, in your club, when you've got finally got Martin Jones, the goalie, off your roster? I mean, God, how many years have we been saying that Martin Jones needs to go and nothing will move forward since San Jose Sharks? You've finally got a bunch of new talent who actually haven't even met Evander Kane. They've never even come in contact with him. Yet this guy is can score 30 goals a season and they need goals, they need offence, they need the depth. So personality aside, does he still, you know, they've still got to pay the money for him. Is he still got a place in San Jose Sharks? Where do you guys kind of pick apart this? Well, 
to be honest, I think the first question somebody needs to sit down and ask him is, is why he did this. Because at the point he did it, there was no reason to be vaccinated, no reason to show proof. If San Jose are going into Canada for their training camp, which obviously they don't, then there's need to do that. But there's NHL players playing at the minute who have visited training camps, who have won jobs on rosters, who have played games up to now, and they're openly not vaccinated. So the first question to me needs to be, why on earth would you do this? What what in your head is making you do this? Are you okay? Do you need any assistance with anything? That sort of thing. Because it's just completely baffling what he's done. It's very, very stupid what he's done. But at the same time, the timing of it. If he'd done this, in say, two weeks before a Canadian road trip, although I, I know it's very wrong, at least I can understand why he's done it, to try and get on the road trip and to try and play a game of hockey and, and to make sure he doesn't lose his money for those games that he's not playing. Um, the league have openly said that players will lose money if they're not playing in games because of COVID and they're not allowed to travel. But the rest of the time, the other is the, the four players not vaccinated. I think um, they're all playing. They've all been in training camps. They're all hanging around the teammates, and they're all getting paid. Um, I, I don't understand why. Mm, I mean, the, the protocol is bit different they have to get tested every day don't they um, whereas the other guys get pcr tests done every 72 hours but you know patuzzi is one you know you just mentioned him matt he scored how many goals the other night four goals or something yep. i mean he he won't play in the nine road games in canada this season um i don't know why he hasn't been vaccinated he's not said that but he'll lose half a million dollars um because of that he, they have to forfeit play um which I find like, wow, it's an incredible amount of money. You're just like, what? Half a million dollars? I think, um, I think it's, you know, it's obviously, it's people's choice whether they get vaccinated or not. Uh, obviously, the NHL has taken this stance and, and that's, that's fair enough, I think, uh, trying to look after all the players' safety. But I think Craig's right. Why, why have you done this? There's no, there's no real reason to do it at that point. The point is done it. It's illegal for one, so it's not just punishable by the NHL. It's actually illegal to to do what he's, he's well, done. Well, this is what people are saying. You know, like can we can we kind of get him arrested? You know, report him as breaking you know a crime so we can get him off San Jose's roster. You know, the breaking con like the contract because of you know he broke the law or something. You could see where this goes and where some people's minds go, but I, I don't know whether I, in that state it is. Um, I I just don't see anybody wanting to take a risk on trying to trade for for him, even though he's a good player, scores goals, gets assists and points. He's not worth the risk. There's obviously other things going on in his life mm. um, with his wife and accusations about betting and he went bankrupt and all of this sort of stuff. This is only As the a, stuff that we're hearing reported, though. Do you not yeah. think this is the tip of the iceberg? There, there's something going on. And, and I think Craig was right when he said, you know, what really needed to happen was somebody needed to offer him some help. He needs he needs help. And apparently he is going to counselling as part of the... Um, the, the punishment from the NHL, um, you know, and, and hopefully he can get himself sorted. And, and I think the only the only outcome for the San Jose Sharks really is to try and get him sorted and get him back mentally fit and playing at some point in the remaining four years of his contract. Because I don't think they're going to buy him out because it's such a big contract. And I don't think anybody's going to trade for him. So he either sits there and doesn't play or... I think, you know, if you're San Jose, you've got to try and get him get him mentally fit to, to play. So he's got four seasons left. There's $26 million remaining on the current deal. And actually, I reached out to um, to Paul Brown, who has been on this podcast. He's, a, he's um, a sports writer, mostly for football stuff, but he is a San Jose Sharks and a lover of fins. I'll just add that just as a bit of colour to him. Um, I asked him whether Kane was on the salary cap will still continue. And he said he he isn't included in the cap. It's complicated. Um, he, or he wasn't. Not sure about now. Um, and basically their season depends on how good Carlson is, um, really. Uh, and I guess that's their goaltender. That's not a very good thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I suppose there's also been 
uh, questions about like you know his role with the hockey diversity alliance as well you know um he's still on the website you know and, and does that kind of question the validity of that as an organization as there's, there's, there's so many things but yeah I, I i don't i don't know i think um it, it's hard isn't it because looking at the numbers only and and one of the things that I was kind of thinking, and I, I hadn't followed up, I remember on the podcast last season, we talked about D'Angelo um, at New York Rangers and how, you know, the guys really wanted him out of the Rangers locker room. It had just come to blows. The guy needed out. And Matt, you said that the uh, they basically bought out his salary, put him out as a UFA, and Hurricanes bought him. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, it was somewhat, surprising um but i suppose you know they call themselves the bunch of jerks and um, so him <laughs> him being him being there is kind of uh quite apt yeah so i mean uh, yeah where will we see evander kane it sounds like he'll still have a role in the nhl maybe someone will buy him well it, well if he does he would probably have to take a pay cut somewhere because if you look at when d'angelo were on four million at, at new york and he got about three years left on his deal when they bought him out uh, and he signed a one-year, one million deal in in Carolina. So, a he's only got one year to sort of prove himself as such, mm. uh, and and b is he's lost a big chunk of his wage. So, if Kane does get bought, I don't think he will. But if he does, um, he'll he'll be playing somewhere for for league minimum salary, a uh, few hundred grand, and and just trying to prove himself again, uh, which which is probably a, t- a test of his mental character and and see where he is, as, as I would have thought. Mm. So the other thing is that. Um... Matt, you were kind of asking, has anyone seen where is like the number or list of players who are on COVID protocol? Like, is there a central place where even if it just says how many players are and and there is nothing, they haven't released that this season. Um, Yeah, last year they seemed to be quite open, which is unusual for the NHL, Mm. Um, you know, about the number of people who are on COVID protocol, even lists of each team and who who was on covid protocol and this year i haven't haven't been through every team but it seems like um quite a lot of teams have got or have had issues over the last week um but there's no there's no kind of list as to show quite how bad it is i think it's a shame they were obviously hoping this wouldn't be the case and i think i think we touched on it last podcast that we were all hoping that to have a season where um there was, there was kind of very little impact, but I think you know, Cray will know for the Avs to to not have McKinnon. Luckily, he's not he's not missed too many games. Um, but for the for the league, for the fans to be missing players like McKinnon um, for the for the opening week, it's a real it's a real shame. But hopefully, we can we can kind of start to get get players back now and and have a period where there's not not such a big impact. I mean, I can't talk, can I? I'm sat here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should put you bloody on COVID. <laughs> we should put you on some sort of protocol, I think. <laughs> I will forfeit <laughs> my salary for this podcast, which is zero pounds and zero pence. Um, it is not half a million dollars for sure. Or what is it, one point seven million dollars? That is how much that has cost Evander Kane in him, you know, being suspended. I mean, inter- interestingly. One of the one of the things that I love to do when I'm bored, when I'm boiling the kettle, or um, I don't know, I've just got spare time, or I'm in isolation. You know, I'm bored of watching everything on Netflix. I love reading the comment section on the Athletic um, because it's there. There's some of the vitriol. I mean, it's not quite the Daily Mail website. If you really want a good <laughs> laugh, go to the Daily Mail website. However. The athletic comments do crack me up and they're quite good at moderating them. So they keep them in line. But someone actually made a, a valid point about um, the Evander Kane um, uh, length of suspension. And he said, uh, I'm not. So this person is called Tom S. That's all I know. I'm not for a second questioning the length of the suspension but he gets 21 games for this. And yet the league is full of examples of targets to the head that get a lot less for suspension. Make it a mandatory 21 game suspension for hits to the head. And guess what stops immediately? Um, which leads us on to uh, our third period where, you know, I kind of put this as 
uh, a broad brush of things, suspensions, weirdness and bizarre penalties. I mean, so there were three suspensions this uh, this week. We've already spoke about one of under Kane. Um, the others were Red Wings, Dylan Larkin suspended for one game for roughing Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, Matthew Joseph. This was a weird one, wasn't it? I mean, like I, I watched the video, but, uh, you know, it's just like, he obviously doesn't keep a lid on his emotions, does he? And then he's just swinging. You just see him come up from the ice and he's just swinging. You're like, what are you doing? Have a chat with him first. Isn't that like the code where you say, Oi, I'm not up for that. Me and you drop the clubs. Let's go for it now. Rather than you just get up like, you know, Scrappy, the, the little dog in Scooby-Doo and start waving your arms around. I mean, what are you I can, doing? I can understand why he was upset. Um you know, he was he was kind of driven into the boards. Yeah, he but was. You don't get up and just punch <laughs> the guy in the face. With no, <laughs> you know, like you say, no conversation. I mean, you, that's there's you could say what you will about fighting in the NHL, but there's a there's a code, and that that certainly wasn't it. So yeah, I think I think one one game, slap on the wrist, don't do it again. But yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, you kind of think with with Dylan Larkin, he's he's a franchise player. Red Wings have had like got off to like a really great start. They're full of energy. I mean, Adam, who's our Oz fan, who joins us now and again, I bet he's absolutely creaming it watching it. Uh, you know, in his his jersey, sweating with the aircon on, thinking brilliant because everybody had written off the Red Wings for probably another five seasons. Um, you know, to get into the top twenty, let alone. I don't know. Where are they in the league right now? I love week one. Who's top of the league? It's the Sabres. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but you never know, do you? Buffalo are 2-0, though, aren't they? They, they are 2-0, and so they, they could yeah. well be close to the top of the league. <laughs> this would be like that year, a couple of seasons ago, when they like won 11 on the bounce, and everyone was like, oh, my God, it's it's all good. It's all going. It's great. They're going to be like St. Louis Blues. And then, and then they, they lost 16 on, on the bounce or something. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah. So you know, the Red Red Wings look good. I I think they're going to be better than everybody thought they were. They're playing the kids. It's it's exciting. Um, yeah, I think they'll be a good good team to watch and keep an eye on this year. Yeah, well, if, you know, they're all about developing the youth, and they've kind of really built from the bottom up, haven't they? They they had to basically go back to a clean slate and pretty much blow it up and um, start again. Which with a, I just find it really interesting. Like you know. Red Wings, Toronto, the original six, you know, like the difference in pressure on Toronto to just keep going. Come on, come on, be this thing, be this thing, be this thing. Let's not change much. Let's just keep going, keep going and hoping. Whereas, you know, Red Wings have all the same history, yet there seems to be way less pressure on them. It's so unfair. That's all I'll say. <laughs> uh, but I mean, a pressure on Avalanche's fans. I mean, you guys have got to perform this season. So, you know. I'd yeah. say that the pressure's more on you guys, really. I agree. I agree. Um, and if you've got players not playing because of COVID and suspensions. Suspensions, exactly. Suspensions. So what are you playing at here, Craig? What's going on? Gabriel <clears throat> to be honest, Landersgold, two yeah. games. Mm-hmm. It, awful, it, to be honest. Um, I spoke uh, probably about 12 months ago now about hits to players who are in vulnerable positions. And I absolutely hate it. And honest, if if the NHL did have a mandatory 21-game ban for hits to the head or when players are in vulnerable positions, I'd be all for it because it would stop. Um, Kirby Dak, I think it was, was the player who landed Scoggett. Um, he was about maybe five foot away, f- away from the boards on his knees, not with the puck. You, you can't hit a player when they're on the knees. You can't. It's not fair. Um, the player's got no chance at all to defend himself. As, as much as I'm thrilled that Landis Scog's going to be back playing on, on Thursday, I think it is, um, to me, that sort of hit, you know, give, give a player eight games, give them 10 games, 12 games, whatever, just to stop them from doing it. Because I'm, I'm fed up of seeing it, to be honest. Um, it's it's just annoying that, and as well, it's we, we're sort of in a position where it's, it's those hits that, that are going to cost star players. And it'll be players that we all want to see that are being taken out by those hits because, I mean, Kirby Dak's okay and he's fine, but he could have fell awkwardly into the boards or whatever, head first into the board, anything. Um, and he could have been missing for 30, 40 games, whatever. I, I thought 
um, he was lucky to only get two games, definitely, because it was it was the distance he travelled to make the hit in the first place. Yeah. Then yeah. Um, Dax in the vulnerable position, and then, like you say, you know, he's he's five feet away from the boards. He he followed all the way through to the boards. You know, he he took his man all the way to the boards. Um, yeah, I I thought he was lucky to get two. Yeah, and um, I don't really know what what happened to cause it because the Avs were up comfortable. I think there were three or four minutes left, and the game after when when Colorado played St Louis, the Avs broadcast showed like a, a segment of just a camera on Landeskog and no one else for his entire shift. And he threw he came off the bench, went straight into the corner and hit someone, went round to the other corner and hit someone, and then went and hit Kirby Dak with three minutes left in a game and they were winning four one. And I just I just didn't understand it at all. Um, he just just a really strange one. He's, he's, I mean, he plays on the edge. Don't get me wrong, but he's not usually like that. Um, but but yeah, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have grumbled at all if it was three games, four games, whatever. Well, has he got a history with? Um, I don't know much about Underscog. What, what's mm. his characteristic as a player? Is he like he, a, a... He, he plays the game very hard. Um, he's he sticks up for his teammates. He he likes to throw checks, but fairly. And, and hasn't really had much of an issue with with sort of player safety issues before. Maybe had the odd odd game ban here and there, but but nothing too much. Hmm. Interesting. Well, one to watch. Um, and you know, if the league is saying that they're gonna, you know, crack down on cross checking from behind, then you know, no uh, no suspensions for that this week. But keep your eye out on um, on the NHL player safety uh, tab on the website to see what other suspensions come up in the next couple of weeks. Um, milestones. So <laughs> this, this is one that I kind of thought we all knew this was coming. Okay. Alex Ovechkin passed Marcel Dion in the fifth most goals in NHL history. He's now at 733 goals. Wow. Fourth place actually isn't that far away. So Brett Hull has the record with 741 goals. So there's a big chance that uh, Ovechkin could take fourth place, maybe even fifth place, if he goes on to have a another 50-goal season. Um, I have to say, when this kind of came through, it was um, with as much anticipation, I suppose. I'm a big Formula One fan, right? Lewis Hamilton getting, uh, what was it, 100 poles or um, 100 wins, sorry, 100 wins. I was just like, yeah, we knew it was going to happen. We knew it was going to come. It's great. Brilliant. You'll probably win the championship as well. Maybe or maybe not. Great. So I was a bit like, oh, yeah, Vetchkin scored another goal. He's got another record. Brilliant. Is that harsh? Is that really, really harsh? So like, discredit. Well, you, you famous, famously don't like him anyway. So, oh, come on. I you wasn't, know. You know, the guy the guy scored plenty of goals. I mean, he's, he is a legend in NHL history. I could give him that take his weird personality and his bizarre tinted visors out of it. Like, you know, but I was just like, it's not really, it doesn't really excite me as a, as a record. I think, I, think I suppose it, because it, yeah, it's, it's a massive achievement, but he's, he's currently fifth. You know, it's like, I think if you start to get into the top three, which will happen, and higher, which I think will also happen uh, as long as he stays fit. You know, he's 36, I think. And he, what, signed a five-year deal or something? My so, God, he's so old. Well, he's six. Yeah, but if he, if he plays till he's 41, like he's gone to seize his contract out, he'll, he'll, you know, he'll break the records. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what are you, do you get excited by this, Craig? Are you feeling it? Like, a, a is this, this going to make you take your slippers off and, uh, you know, put your feet up on the poof? To be honest, he is. He will be one of the names that we all mention. You yeah. know, on a weekend when we're all in our care homes collectively, <laughs> and, our, and our grandkids come round to visit, and they say, "Oh, we watch the um, insert thirty-eight NHL team here." Um, we watch them on on last night, and they say, "And such and such scored a great goal." And we will turn around and say, "But he's not as good as Alex Ovechkin." <laughs> and then we'll go on our ramble down memory lane. Um, he's. In my opinion, he's he's very very underappreciated, but we won't notice that for years to come 
until we realise that the the other great players that are around at the minute get nowhere near as many goals as what he's got. Mm. Um, I, personally, I don't think he'll catch Gretzky, but he'll, he'll finish second. And that will go down as like an all-time, like unbelievable achievement. And, and when we're looking back, I think we'll we'll look back and, and, and smile and, and wish we'd have probably watched a few more Washington games, I think. But uh, I think I think the other thing about him that makes him good to watch from my point of view is he isn't just, you know, stand on the edge of the circle and, and bang it in. He scores different types of goals. Yes, his slap shot is amazing. But he also is quite physical. You know, he's a he's a power forward. Um, he's not just a skilled player. Um, he he's kind of an all round an all round player. And and I think you're right. He will be one of those names, and and you know, definitely a hall of famer um, in the future. But he's 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 from a neutral's point of view, he's you know box office to watch because he's got the skills, he's got the physicality, he chirps back and forth. Um, with the opposition and and can and can rub people up the wrong way, so it's kind of everything you want to watch from a hockey player. I think I think if you were you were sort of building an NHL player and, and not necessarily at thirty six year old, but if you go back maybe four or five years, because of what we've sort of just mentioned a few minutes ago about these uh, hits to the boards and hits in while people's on the knees and things like that, if you're sort of building an NHL player and wanting to put them together, you you pretty much put together his build, his physique. The, the way that he does play with a bit of an edge um, sort of combined with his abilities. And, and he's pretty much the, the ideal player, not at 36, but he's the ideal player pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, and I suppose it's also, um, the game has changed so much that you don't see not as, as many goals scored, but there were more goals scored in history. Am, am I, I don't know if I'm kind of, you know, saying that correctly because I'm not old enough and I, I haven't been watching the game that that long but all the records when you go if you ever just want to spend a little time geeking out go on records.nhl.com and you'll lose yourself for hours um and there's every kind of record there and most of them are like the players of 20 30 years ago you know they're very rarely the guys who we know of in the last five ten years when it comes to goals assists and all kinds of weird streaks so the game has become harder or the goalies are bigger and the goal is still the same size. And, you know, the, the equipment got bigger because the goalies were bigger. So therefore it was harder to get the goal in the net. Like, do you know what I mean? I, I don't know whether that's just my assumption. Um, is there any truth to that? Am I just making that up? Yeah, I think if you, if well, again, that Matt mentioned earlier on that 7-6 uh, Tampa Bay Detroit game that that's a, a one off and we were quick to mention seven Isn't six it? whoa and it was if Vasilevsky you, in yeah. goal the first thing I did was where's the <clears> game <throat> sheet I need to see who was in goal but if you sort of go back maybe I don't know what are we in twenty twenty maybe like thirty years forty years maybe fifty years those seven sixes six fives whatever were were a hell of a lot more common and they were on the score sheet a lot more and I think over the time that I've been watching hockey which is uh, probably about thirty years. Um, the scores have decreased more closely. A hockey score and a football score were completely different. And now hockey scores are more similar to football scores. They're still not there, but they're a lot more similar to it, both here and in the NHL. And, and I think that's sort of the game just slowly, slowly changing over time. Yeah, or, or so many more teams opting for more of um, a physical defensive kind of um kind of uh, structure rather than going all the fence. I mean, I've been amazed, like, you know, just using my team, Toronto. Toronto are notorious for having high-scoring games, but they're also notorious for having the other team score a lot of goals too because defensively (laughs) we were just like, you know what, guys, the back door's open, come on in. Um, And every time it cost us, and if we could defend half of those goals, we'd bloody win. Um, but, you know, I've been really surprised by the preseason games and the games already this season for the Leafs that there has been a lot less. They ha- the numbers of goals have been less. And for once, I could actually breathe a sigh of relief on that. Yet the shots on goals are still really up there. And I'm happy with that. And OK, so we lost in overtime, but we've got a point. I'll take that. We'll need that later on this season, I'm sure, in our in our um, division. Um, 
but I, I suppose I want to see more about the process. I don't want to see us scored on four, five, six, seven goals a game. I want to see our shots on goal high. So I know that we've got guys who are at least trying to get the, the puck to the net. Um, that That's it's just, just one of those things, isn't it? So, yeah, I mean, I suppose Avalanches have got like a completely different setup. And, and Dallas, I suppose, you guys are much more physical, gritty... The way that you play, it is such a different boring. team to boring. We right, refer to it as the best defense down. in the league. <laughs> what avalanches? Yeah, yeah. Well, but if that is going to help you get to Stanley Cup final, then so be it. And as long as you keep your injuries down, you know that's it, it's a missing part of the puzzle that I look at the Toronto Maple Leafs with all the pressure that's on them that we haven't got, we haven't had in years, and it feels like we're never going to get. Does it, like, what was the off-season about? We didn't get that. I mean, God, that could be a 60-second ramp, but as we say, this is not a Toronto Maple Leafs podcast. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> a couple of other weird things that happened. I don't know if you guys caught these. Um, there was a headbutt. Did you see yeah. this? Yeah. So in St. Louis Blues and Coyotes game, um, I don't know how you say his name. I'm not great with pronunciation, but Bukanevich. Butch Navich. That yeah. one. Yes, that one. Um, Butch Navich. Like, and the ref was there. Like, you know, the whistle had been called and hold down and he headbutts him right there when the ref is holding on to him. What are you doing? What, what are you doing? Similar to the Larkin thing, really. Like, just rush of blood to the head. Maybe. Just crazy. Maybe. And, um, and the, the other one that, that made me um, just laugh, really, uh, was Kachuk got a bench minor for stopping a puck going into the crowd. He was sat on the bench. Um, it was in the Calgary and Ducks game. And the puck was going over the bench. And so he lifted up his stick and he tapped it to, you know, just so it didn't go into the crowd. Um, but obviously it looked like it was a bench minor because it looked like it was interfering with the game. <laughs> I was just like, maybe he just did it by instinct. You know, oh, there's a puck. I'm going to hit it. Maybe it was to protect the small girl that was sat behind him in the stands um, but anyway, but you, the you best part was um, the best part was when the ref came over to speak to him while he was in the penalty box, <laughs> and he sarcastically said to him, "Good job." <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it's like, yeah, you, he's he's that player with the attitude. But I think I think he would probably say he was just trying to stop it from hitting the crowd, but because it was going out for a penalty anyway, um, he's got to get called for it. So yeah. It was it was an interesting one. Not seen not seen anything like that before. Silly man. I, mean, I guess the um, the team which everyone was kind of holding on to with high hopes was Seattle Crack had made their debut this week and bit of a controversial first game, wasn't it, against Vegas? And um, Vegas won with a goal that distinctively looked more like a, something in uh, football than hockey. Did you guys see this? I was like, whoa. How did they get away with that? Yeah, well, if you want to make make yourself feel any more confused, go to the Colorado game against St. Louis on Saturday night and watch the Colorado goal waved off for kicking because there's very, very little between them. Um, it, it's one of those rules now that I just don't understand, so I don't try to understand. Yeah, yeah I, I've often thought with it that they need to go one way or the other. Either you're allowed to kick it in and it counts, or anything that goes off your your skate blade doesn't count. I'd prefer the first one where it just counts because it's a skill in itself to kick a puck with your skate and and stay on your feet and let alone direct it towards goal. Um, because it, it, it's how do you prove there's a kicking motion? Mm. How do you prove that it was intentional? You know, there, there's there's so much ambiguity there that you you end up with these goals that one night is is fine and the next night something very similar um, is waved off it, it doesn't make much sense really apparently they, they don't want to have kicking in the game because they're worried that a lot of the kicking comes from like goal mouth scrambles so if there's a player on the ice and other players with with blades on the feet are trying to kick the puck in and then all of a sudden you'll you have some probably probably a Toronto Maple Leaf will try to do some kick ups or something um, <laughs> and, and you know all of a sudden you've got Overhead kicks going back in there and whatever. Um, so, I, but 
in seriousness, I, I think the, the league don't want to go to that because they're, they're worried that that somebody could potentially get hurt by by a kick. Um, but I just don't understand it anymore. It, it needs to be a lot clearer than it is. I think that's yeah, a fair, think... fair play, is it? Because they say that because the game has got so much faster, a lot of it comes down to the blades on the skates are like super, super sharp. So you don't really want to be wafting a, a skate around with people's thing, faces on the floor, do you? The thing is, though, most of the goals that you see that are, you know, inverted commas, kicked in, are from actually trying to control the puck with their skates. You know, they're not actually trying to kick it in. Mm. They're, they're trying to stop it so they can get or, or knock it onto their onto their stick. Um, so, I'm, and and the stick is always going to be the best way of getting it into the back of the net. I, you know, the blades are so thin. I'm not sure we'd see people trying to kick in a goalmouth scramble like in football. But um, yeah, I don't it's know. One of those we've like goaltender interference. We've seen people headbutt. We've seen people. I don't know randomly punch like scrappy who knows what people will do especially like if it's an overtime goal scramble like in the Leafs and Rangers last night where I mean god it was I think at one point one of the Rangers defensemen was in goal because the goalie had slidden off somewhere else you know he didn't save and then dived out the way and then one of the defensemen had to like get in the net to save another goal it was just absolutely ludicrous so yeah I hope not um Anything else that you guys have kind of seen that you want to bring up about just week one, really, of um, what you've seen so far? Um, I've really enjoyed it. I I will say that. I think I've not seen a team yet play at their very best, Mm. which I think's created a lot of close games and and made for more enjoyable games. Uh, Tampa Bay are the prime example. You saw Tampa Bay on opening night. They they look like... uh, UK team, you know, they were really poor. Um, and then they shouldn't be only beating Detroit by one goal. And But that sort of level playing field at the minute, because a lot of teams and a lot of players are finding the feet, uh, I think that's helping a lot. <laughs> well, look, I mean, the, the one thing that we haven't done, I, I don't think, I think it's too painful to go there, is predictions. We haven't been stupid enough to like suggest any kind of predictions. And I the think only... <clears throat> we need to wait for when Jolon's back to do that kind of crazy madness, I think. The only thing I'm willing to predict is that in a couple of episodes time, we will be doing a rant on goaltender interference. <laughs> <laughs> really? And is that going to be your one then? Well, I hope not. I hope, we... <laughs> I hope it doesn't make me so angry, but some somebody will be angry about it, I'm sure. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, if you're listening and um, you want to kind of let us know your thoughts on how your team have fared at the start of the season, um, any kind of rookies or, or um, you know, players that have, have kind of stepped up from minor leagues that are really impressing you um, in your team, they would be great for us to kind of let us let us know about because quite often there are so many players in the league that, you know, these kind of guys just slip through the net and we don't often hear about or see. We're just, we're looking at the kind of broad brush of the big stories across the league. So uh, get in touch on Twitter at NHL Fans From Afar um, or email us um, if you want to share that. Um, so we have a feature on our podcast, which are fortnightly now, by the way, not weekly, um, which is an overtime. And uh, we have 60 seconds on the clock where any of us can take a subject of our choosing. Uh, Craig, your rant last time actually worked, didn't it? You did a rant about you say so. a UK TV deal not being in place. Clearly the bosses at Premier Sports listened and yeah. they sorted it out for you. Um, the next day. I mean, they were that yeah. impressed. It was the next yeah. day. A man of very high powers or a man yeah. who already knew it was in place. If you want, <laughs> If you want things done... Get Craig to rant about it on the podcast. <laughs> Basically, so like I feel the pressure now that um, I need to kind of like make my sixty-second rant match yours. I don't think it is. It's on something incredibly trivial, but something that just always bothers me about hockey. It is something about pre-game pre-pre-game fashion. Oh God, this isn't going to go well, is it? If I can't even <laughs> blooming say pre-game fashion. So I have. 60 seconds on the clock. I have a bit of uh, some words uh, to add to the list and I'm going to try and coordinate 
doing everything all on one screen. And press play now. Okay, so this week, uh, two clubs uh, added to the list of relaxing pre-game dress code. They were Leafs and Coyotes, and to say I was disappointed by their dress-down outfits was an understatement. Uh, on one hand, you've got Patrick Lyonne, who bought a car to match his yellow beanie. Elvis uh, Mazelkins, another name I can't say, he turned up in a bright green shirt and a yellow tie as a nod to the Joker. What did the Leafs do? John Tavares untucked his shirt. I mean, are you kidding? And there was, you know, this is meant to be more than a fancy hat or wearing loafers without socks. So this is the only major professional sports league in North America that requires players to wear suits and ties on game days. Uh, it's even written into the CBA, unless otherwise specified by the head coach or the general manager. So I would like, you know, I want crazy facial hair. I want like beards. I want, I want personality. I want Mana and Matthews to come to the ring with their matching hats and black cloaks, ready to erase our minds like men in black. I've totally gone over my time, but I need to pause that because an advert's about to play. I need to see <laughs> some... Look, if Joe Long can get away with one six seconds, I will. I would like to see some more personality. I want more madness. I want more fun. I mean, Lewis Hamilton in Formula One, the guy wears bright orange tents and kilts. You know, Brent Burns has previously worn something that looked like a tea towel or a leprechaun. So I am looking for these guys to step up to the plate and start wearing more madness. Is that too much to ask? I've totally gone over my um, uh, allotted time. How, how did I do? Did I get it out of my you, system? You did. You did well. I'm, I'm not sure it's a subject that I could get that that upset about. Honest, <laughs> <but>. <laughs> I can't believe it is the only league where it actually specifies that you have to wear a suit to go to the rink or to the game. I'm like, really? And like yeah, this I mean, idea that, that, that is a bit. That's a bit nineteen. 80s or whatever you know it's it's one of them things that they just haven't got rid of and like i mean you guys probably don't watch that much of um the canadian broadcasters but interesting you know with espn coming onto the market and and getting all these celebs to do their broadcasting sportsnet have basically had a massive change to their wardrobe like all the um insiders are like competing with each other who can get the weirdest quirkiest uh suits which is absolutely bizarre so yeah, um, I would like to see more personality, even just like a bright yellow sock, you know, like the yellow bean when, matching the yellow hat. Great. No it's wonder you have to have a proper pre-game routine. You you get there to watch them actually walk into the arena. No wonder you're there for four hours. <laughs> <laughs> I just oh, watch them come on the ice, you know. Do you? <laughs> don't, oh don't, no! Don't watch them into the arena. Oh no! I'm loving the the studio stuff before I'm loving in between periods analysis like I'm watching it all I'll even watch the adverts if I have to you know <laughs> so anyway um a commercial yeah. break is currently in progress <laughs> yeah yes yes of course that's exactly what I'm watching Craig yes. I couldn't <laughs> possibly comment on anything else um <laughs> that's what we're all watching because uh we're watching it with a blackout or such um is there anything else that we've got left to cover? I mean, the next two weeks, I haven't even like been through the next two weeks. Um, I know that Leafs are going on the road. What are, what's up to like with your guys' teams? Have you got games that you're looking forward to? Yeah, Colorado, I've got probably the three toughest games this week. Uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. They play Washington tonight away, away in Florida on Thursday and away in Tampa Bay on Saturday. And then they come back over to the West, but not back home because they go away to Vegas after. At the beginning of next week. Lovely. Wow. I mean, at least you get to see some different teams, I suppose, but that's a hell yeah. of a road trip to start. Yeah. Yeah, it's not pretty. No. And you mind you, you could have some East Coast time games then, are you? <clears throat> yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay up tonight for maybe a period or two. But then on Thursday and Saturday, I've got the pleasure of live tweeting the two games uh, with me midnight faces. So I, I tend to offer. Um, the one of the bizarre things, the Avs don't play an afternoon game until January the 2nd, <laughs> which is ridiculous and, and typical for UK fans. But January the 2nd is my daughter's birthday party as well. Uh, so I can't even watch that one. Um, so so these East Eastern road trips that, that have been missing for, for 18 months or whatever, um, I'm going to try and take advantage. And, and like I said, tonight, 
tonight I'll stay up. I may well watch the full game. I'll see, but I'm busy at work tomorrow. But but Thursday and Saturday, I'm definitely staying up and I'm live tweeting. Wow. So you're in it. Like, I mean, the thing is, I, I, I've just given up watching live. I just have my routine, as you've heard, and I make it an appointment. But I'm still like kind of like praying that they're going to like get there and they're going to do it, even though it's already happened. I, I still feel that excitement. So I admire you being open and raw and honest to be in the moment live on Twitter. No matter what happens, you're just going with it. Caps lock and loads of exclamation marks and it's just likes galore. That's all you need. <laughs> What's your favourite emoji when you're tweeting hockey? <laughs> oh, um, the, the goal home one. Oh. That means goal. And the, there's a, a gif, 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 whichever, um, of Nathan McKinnon holding the goal horn with it flashing and pointing to it. So that gets played on a regular basis I as see. well. Yeah. I see. Could be played tonight if you're lucky. Will be played tonight. <laughs> Matt, what about Dallas? What are they up to? Uh, so they're just finishing uh, their Eastern road trip uh, this evening against Pittsburgh. So they've been at um, the Rangers, Boston and Ottawa. So finally get a home game. Um, so their home opener is on Saturday, I think, uh, Friday night. Um, so, yeah, just hoping that actually coming home kind of sparks them into a bit of offence. There's been a lot of um, criticism about the top top six players not really contributing anything so far. So, um, yeah, I think we we need to see some offence. So, weird start to the season. I hadn't realised you haven't played at home yet. I mean... Gosh. Okay, so there's a lot of lot, there's a lot to kind of play for this weekend, basically. Yeah. 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 Fingers crossed. Okay. Well, we'll leave it there. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Um, I'm sure, Jalen will join us, and maybe he'll take up the uh, mantle for a rant, or maybe Matt might get his wish come true and be ranting about goalie interference. Who knows? Um, I hope you have a great couple of weeks uh, watching. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, uh, Craig. Cheers. And, uh, We'll be back very, very soon. Take care.